So with Bar out, uh, you had the green dot on the helmet and handled some of the communication stuff. How did that go over the balance of the game? Because that's not something that you're you're used to doing. So what was it like wearing the green dot? Who did you hear from the most in the in the communication system? Jim was talking to me in the communication system. Okay. Um, it, it's definitely challenging. You know, I have so much respect for AV every time after I have the mic because um, it's hard. You know, it's hard to hear it when we're at home, especially. You know, when our crowd when our crowd's rocking and things be loud. Um, it's definitely difficult, but you gotta just focus. Welcome to the Minnesota Vikings podcast with your hosts Mike Wabshaw and Chris Corso. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's another episode of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. In fact, it's episode number 10 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. Yeah, we made it to 10. They haven't canceled us, so we appreciate that. Thank you, Mr. LaCroix, for not canceling us. We made it to 10 episodes, and here's to many, many more. I'm your host, Mike Wabshaw, coming to you from TCO Studios, joined, as always, by Chris Corso. And as always, after a win, we're in a good mood. What's up, Chrissy? What's up, Wabi? Yeah, we are in a good mood, and um, there's a lot of things to talk about, a lot of sound to get to, because we have some funny things to play for the fans today. Yeah, well, the autumn wind is a Viking this week. It is not a Raider. I see what you did there. Pillaging just for fun. (laughs) It is a Viking pillaging just for fun. In fact, I do believe it is technically autumn, right? September 21st. First day, first day. Today is the first day? I believe so. Anyway. First day of fall, something like uh, that? Well, the the last days of summer, um, the the final summer wins were also a Viking because uh, the Vikings won on Sunday against the Oakland Raiders 34-14, and it was really fun to watch as the Minnesota Vikings rushed for over 200 yards against that Raiders defense, and for the second home game in a row, we had 38 rushing attempts because we snuck a couple more in at the end of the game via kneel downs, and we got the 38 rushing attempts, and I think anytime we have 38 rushing attempts, gonna win the game. we're probably going to have a good shot to win the game. So we're going to talk about that game, we're going to talk about the upcoming challenge against the Chicago Bears, and we're going to hear from Vikings linebacker Eric Kendricks all coming up in this episode of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. We'll also check in with the fan voicemail box. We have a top five list and much more. But first, some news and notes. Let's start with the Vikings handling the Oakland Raiders 34-14 to at U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday behind a strong performance from Dalvin Cook, who had 110 rushing yards and a touchdown on 16 attempts. The Vikings ran for over 200 yards on 38 attempts. Kirk Cousins had no turnovers was solid in the passing game, and of course the Vikings' defense absolutely dominated, and our kickers, Chris, were perfect. Yeah, that was huge to see the kickers make all the kicks. Obviously the running game was great. The Vikings lead the NFL with seven rushing touchdowns. They're second in the NFL with only two sacks allowed, which means the Vikings' offensive line is doing it in the passing game, they're doing it in the running game, they're doing it in the play action, they're doing it just about everywhere on the field, which is awesome, awesome to see. Yeah, it was, and um, it was one of those games where the Vikings got off to a fast start again. And we did that against Atlanta, and we cruised to a victory. We did that against the Raiders, and we cruised to a victory. Now, there was a garbage-time touchdown for the Raiders that made the game appear a little bit closer, really, than it was. Yep. Um, and so it was another one of those games for the Vikings where they start out fast, and they um, they keep their foot on the gas. And then uh, in the second half, we saw, or in the, in the last part of the fourth quarter, we got to see some guys come into the game that don't get to play a lot. Those are good games. And then you finish by kneeling on the ball. So we like that. I think um, it was also a good weekend for us to win because everybody else in our division won. Everyone in the NFC North is playing really good yeah. right now. I think they're like 7 0 and, and 1 with like one tie against other teams outside the division, which is okay. like 
unbelievable for this division right now. The Detroit Lions, we'll get to them later. Yeah, they're, your squad. they're surprising me. I've never liked them since I've been here, and I still don't like them. I really don't like them this year. Yeah, so the NFC North is playing tough, which um, is a good segue into some sound that we want to share with you all uh, about the NFC North. And this is from our friends with Good Morning Football as they break down what might be the best division in the NFL. But, Nate, all four NFC North teams got Ws in Week 3. So do you believe that the Bears repeat as NFC North champions after what you saw this past three weeks? It's, it's tough to say that. I mean, Call it right as, now. As much as I loved the Bears last year, I'm not getting that same feeling. I'm not getting that same excitement. They look good last I mean, night. They look good last night, but it's it's a, it's a week's or worth Context. game. I'm talking about the entire season. They're just so up and down, so inconsistent. And when I look at who's trending in the right direction, of course the Bears are. Mm-hmm. you got to respect them for what they did. But Aaron Rodgers is also trending. And the fact that he's been the big brother in this division for so long and last year had to give up that discount double-check belt and say, you know what, Bears, you guys are a better team. Mm. Here you are. Take this division title. I would right now say I fear the Packers. Then it's the Bears. Lions, close. If they have a big win this weekend, they are jumping the Bears for me. And then the Vikings, as much as I love Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins controlling that offense and being a game manager, I'm not that convinced. I, I actually am completely in opposition of you on this. Okay, here we go. <laughs> what do you got? Our I buddy. think the Vikings still, the way they've won those two games, have been so dominant That's on true. the ground, and yeah. the defense is so good, and the home field advantage in that building, it is very hard to win. I know people have questions about Kirk Cousins, but I don't have questions about this guy right here. Dalvin Cook is the game changer. This guy quietly is leading the league in rushing. He's absolutely fantastic between the tackles. He adds an element to this Vikings team that did not exist last year. And I think the defense is back to their 2018 form. My man, Peter Schrager. Thank you. Peter Schrager likes us. God, Nate. I think Nate's setting us up. That's what I think. I think Nate's. I, I think Nate knows Pete Schrager is going to be all about us. So he's he's just trying to be a contrarian. Just throwing up a little and, a layup to to Pete Schrager. Yeah, <laughs> and then, then he's going to come back around and and you know want us to embrace him and welcome him back. And I think Nate's trying to set us up. But um, Peter is talking about the Vikings defense right there at the end of the clip. And I, you know, the start in Green Bay was terrible. Obviously, we gave up three touchdowns on the first three drives. Since then, how's it been going? It's been pretty, pretty good. Okay, I got it for you. 20 series since then. Read them. All right, 12 punts, five turnovers, including turnovers on downs, two touchdown drives, one of which was kind of a garbage time touchdown. Subs were in. And a missed field goal. Yep. Pretty good, right? I'd say that's pretty good. Missed field goal by Daniel Carlson. Yeah, sorry about that. (laughs) 22.3 yards allowed per drive by the Vikings defense over the last 20 drives, and 13 of those 20 drives, there have been zero or one first down allowed. So the Vikings defense has turned it on in the last 20 quarters or 20 series. Hopefully they can keep it up at Lambeau Field. I hate to bring this up, but literally only the beginning of the Green Bay Packers game was where I've seen any issues whatsoever in the Vikings' defense. Yeah. Other than that, they've been almost perfect, yeah. especially the starters. Yeah, so um, you know, I think you know, we want to keep that up. Now, doing it at U.S. Bank Stadium is one thing. Doing it at Soldier Field, completely different. Um, it's, a, it's a different challenge when you go there. And anyone who does anything on air this week, whether it's offensive line, assistant offensive line coach Andrew Ginoco, who's on X's and O's in game plan this week, Zim, who's on X's and O's this week, they're all going to talk about Soldier Field and the special challenge that it is. Zim, I believe, has two wins there. 
Um, he's two and three at Soldier Field, so he's actually had a little more success than most Vikings head coaches have in the last 20 years. Uh, hopefully that can continue, and hopefully the Vikings' defensive prowess can continue. And on that topic, our guest for today on the Minnesota Vikings podcast is someone who's the man in the middle of that Vikings defense, and his performance was particularly notable last Sunday because we did not have fellow linebacker Anthony Barr. So linebacker Eric Kendricks had a big game, and it was very well-timed. We had a chance to sit down with him and chat earlier in the week. Here's our discussion with Vikings linebacker Eric Kendricks. All right, Eric. That was a lot of fun yesterday, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I had a blast. (laughs) When the Vikings defense is playing really fast and lights out like that, um, what's happening, do you think? I mean, is it continuity with you guys because everyone knows the system so well and you got a lot of guys coming back from last year and the year before? Um, what what's the biggest thing do you think when the Vikings defense is playing lights out? What's happening on the field? Um, it's a little bit of everything. I feel like uh, just the aggression and you know just the the knowledge we have. You know, you know we're gonna get obviously things that we we don't practice, but it's also just everybody's uh, instincts. You know, everybody's everybody's pretty good on the defense, man. Um, it's it's really fun when that's like that. Yeah. When you have a, a system in place, offense or defense, in your case here, it's it's defense. But when there is a system in place with a really good scheme and a lot of players who know each other well, do you think that affords a better opportunity maybe for a non-starter or a young player to come in and play well because he's playing with a bunch of experienced, skilled guys and he's insulated? So even if he has a misstep, um, a lot of players have his back, and that's maybe a better learning environment for a younger player. Do you see it that way, too? Yeah, I see I see, I see it more like, you know, everybody's just so focused on their job. You know what I mean? Obviously, we, we make plays that are, you know, not necessarily our assignment, but we do our job first. And then we always focus on doing our job first, and when everyone's doing their job, it makes it easier for, you know, for, for me to do my job or for the next guy to do his job, and or somebody make a play. Yeah, you, uh, you're on the second level of that defense, so right in front of you is the Vikings defensive line. And I have to imagine that those, those guys up front have been playing well over the course of the first three games of the season. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. No, those, guys are, uh, those guys take a brunt of the, you know, of, the, of the beating of the offensive line and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, what they do, what they do kind of gets overshadowed often, but, you know, not by me. You know, those guys are, are animals. Yeah. So with Barr out, uh, you had the green dot on the helmet and handled some of the communication stuff. How did that go over the balance of the game? Because that's not something that you're you're used to doing. So what was it like wearing the green dot? And who yeah, did you, know, you hear, who did you hear from the most in the in the communication system? I uh, Zim was talking to me in the communication system. Okay, um, it's it's definitely challenging. You know, I have so much respect for AB every time after I have the mic because. Um, it's hard, you know. It's hard to hear it when we're at home, especially. You know, when our crowd when our crowd's rocking and things get loud, um, it's definitely difficult. But you got to just focus. Do you think, um, like, can you can you see where some players would really like to do to wear the communication, and some players would really not like it, or do you think it would be helpful for any player who got to wear it? Um, I think. I mean, if, we, if all eleven of us had it, that would be great. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, you know that's not that's not the case. 
Um, but I don't know. You know, I, I, I assume that most people don't want to have that responsibility because they just want to focus on what they got to do. But um, it definitely keeps you into the game. Yeah, know? yeah. So on a week like this where the upcoming opponent for us now, it's the Chicago Bears, you know, they, they play on Monday night. So you've played your game, and now you're, you're, you've broken down the tape, you've had meetings, and, and you're starting to focus on the next opponent. It's the Chicago Bears, and they play on Monday night football. Do you sit and watch Monday night football and, and just watch the game like, a, like someone like I would do or a fan would do and just sit there and watch the TV copy of the game? Um, you know, I'll, I'll definitely watch it if it's like we're playing the next team. But um, you know, if it's just a regular Monday night game and it's maybe not like anyone's in a division, I might just skip it. You know, but um, yeah, like for the for instance, for you know, if the team we're playing is on Monday night, I'm definitely gonna watch it and just just watch it. You know, uh, I'll see it. I'll see it again, obviously on film. And the the film we get, we see is a, is a lot different than the TV copy, but mm-hmm. I pick up a lot of things from TV copy as well. Um, what do you think about the Chicago Bears? This is a team that um, is going to have a, a, a really basically the same offense that you saw last year with Matt Nagy and Mitchell Trubisky. A few pieces here and there are different. They have Cordero Patterson, but what are your first blush um, thoughts on the Chicago Bears offense in 2019? Um, you know, I, I really haven't really taken a look at them this year. You know, I haven't played against them, so um, but I do remember last year. You know, they they obviously have a, a physical run threat and. Um, Quarterback who can get loose in the pocket as well. So um, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta contain them, everybody. We gotta play physical. All right, man. Hopefully you can uh, rest up and and be healthy and ready to go for this week. It's going to be a big one and a fun one on Sunday against the Bears. Thanks for taking some time to chat with us. We appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. All right, Take see care. you. Yep, see you. One thing we like to do on the post game report, a podcast that. Uh, Chris Corso and I do after every single game after we win is we like to give you the sound from the post-game locker room where head coach Mike Zimmer is giving the victory speech. Always cool to hear. Well, um, sort of on that same topic, one of the guys who got a game ball this week was offensive lineman Brian O'Neill. He, among uh, some other offensive linemen, was a guest of Kirk Cousins on Under Center with Kirk Cousins, Cousins Weekly Podcast. He talked about getting the game ball. Yeah. Do you guys sense anything? Did you sense anything going going against the nose guard? Or no? I mean, I just I mean, when you, when you get in a groove um, and start running the ball, start wearing them down. I mean, the system, like we talked about earlier, just when you get to that third, fourth quarter, and they get more tired, and, and you get energy, you feed off of their their tiredness with their hands on their hips, and obviously had a great game from um, Brian O'Neill here to my left. Uh, actually, got a game ball. Wow, that's great. Coach. Yeah, Coach yeah. Gave him yeah. A game nice ball. Brian. Yeah. On the road, the division champs, we get to play. All right? Come here, Cookie. Oh, Come on, get out. Hell yeah! Both you two. One, two, three. One, two, three. Where will you display that game ball? Uh, I mean, first of all, I appreciate it. Appreciate Coach for doing that. But uh, to be honest, I'm really excited about this game ball because I live with uh, one of our linebackers, Ben Gideon, and we have, like, all of our – whatever trophies that he's gotten with the mm-hmm. Vikings. He was special teamer of the year one year. Um, his Michigan helmet, my pit helmet's up there. Mm-hmm. And there's the about, Hall of Fame. And there's about ten game balls uh, like on display. All Ben. And nine of them are Ben. <laughs> 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 there's only one of mine from last year. So every time we have people come over and they check out the house and whatnot, everybody's like, where are all your balls? I'm like, oh, well. The only one I have is right there at the bottom. So <laughs> we're going to take one of his down and put one of mine up. So I nice. like it. I like it. That was so yeah. awesome. I mean, these guys came in here and uh, just 
you don't think that they talk very much, offensive linemen, because they don't like to talk to the media, but they come in here with their quarterback, and they were they have inside jokes. They talked about proposals at, U, at, at TCO Performance Center. Garrett Bradbury just proposed to his girlfriend here. Um, he here, makes Like here? Here at the TCO on the Wolf Deck. Wow, and, okay. And he, was, he used the excuse that he was making cold brew for the offensive line because he does so every week. And he came here to make cold brew with his, with his girlfriend, and he brought her upstairs and proposed. Wow. And he said, you know what? It was my first NFL game ever, and I figured it's really nerve-wracking, most nerve-wracking moment in my life to propose to my girlfriend. So that made the game pretty easy. And, <laughs> okay. and we were all dying. Right. That was a good story. And they were, they were just sharing stories and inside jokes, and you can see why they're playing so well because the chemistry is, is on 100 right now. Yeah, it is. Um, I think last thing, let's wrap up this win against the Oakland Raiders with our last piece of sound for the show, and that is uh, when you ball, you get the call. And Dalvin Cook balled on Sunday. So Deion Sanders gave him a call after the game, and here is the Dalvin Cook, Deion Sanders chat. Dalvin, what's up, my man? What's good, Brian? It seems as though when you guys win, you and I are communicating. But when you lose, there's there's some inconsistency going on right now. Now, what's the theme? We're just trying to figure it out, man. Um, you know, it's still early in the year, and we're still trying to get our you know get our rhythm going. So, you know, if it's run, pass, whatever it is, man, we're trying to find that rhythm, man. And I think you know it's starting to get there. What you mean find the rhythm? Sixteen carries a buck ten. It seems as though when they give you the ball consistently, another one of your backs where carries fifty-eight yards. You guys had close to a two hundred yards rushing today. When you guys run the ball effectively, you take some pressure off your quarterback cousins. It, it seems as though that's the thing. Yeah, um, you know that's old school football. Zim rules. Run the football, play good defense. Man. You know, that's why I be trying to hop on my on my, on my young boy in the backfield. You know, if we could keep this thing rolling and keep running the football, like you said, take some pressure off Kurt. You know, this thing could be smooth setting for us. What's the difference, man? I mean, when you're hitting the hole, man, it seems like you're pressing the hole. You're hitting. You're explosive. Um, it, 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 you just give them so much energy, and that brings eight guys in the box. And you know, those couple receivers you got out wide are, are something to deal with. Yeah, uh, that's that's the goal to keep to keep making eight in the box because if we could get one-on-one matchups with 14, 19, 82, and them guys, it's a problem, man. You know, it ain't too many guys in the NFL that can cover those guys one-on-one, in my opinion. So if we could keep getting an honest box and, and making them stack it up, I think that thing will play all right. Keep on doing your thing because when they hand that thing to you, baby, you gets to talk to me. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. <laughs> all right, so there's Dalvin Cook. He starred uh, for the offense in this win. Uh, this offense coordinated, designed uh, primarily by Kevin Stefanski. And um, I went back and looked at the six games, the Vikings offense, in six games with Stefanski calling plays. Yep. All right. 186 runs, 145 passes. He likes to run the ball. You think Zim likes that? <laughs> I think Zim likes that a lot. 186 to 145 runs to passes. That's unbelievable. Rushing yards per game, 160. Averaging 160 rushing yards per game, 10 rushing touchdowns. Cousins completion percentage, 63.5. Touchdown to interception ratio, 9 to 3. Points per game, 26. That's insane. I mean, it's really, 
I'm one of the big. You've known this for a long time. I've only been here for five years. Kevin Savancy's been here a lot longer than that, more than double that. But ever since I've been here, I'm like, that guy is smart. And yeah. I love Kevin Stefanski. I love who he is as a person. I love how he can literally talk to anybody in the building and act like he's a normal dude. Mm-hmm. And he has just done an unbelievable job doing something that he's never done before. He's coached every single position on the Vikings offense, and now he's showing it off with the help of Gary Kubiak yeah. and Rick Dennison, who I can't believe the way this offensive line is playing. If you mm-hmm. just watch, if you go back and watch some of the plays where Dalvin Cook has gained like, 10 yards, I mean, he gets pushed like another five by like the three offensive linemen who are yeah. pushing the pile, uh, just giving that extra effort um, for Dalvin Cook. So give a lot of the credit to a couple of those offensive linemen because they have been really fun to watch. All right, so now we turn the page to the Chicago Bears, whom the Vikings will play in week four of the NFL calendar, and they will do so on Sunday at 325 Central Time from Soldier Field. Let's get to know these Chicago Bears. The Bears are coming off a win over the Washington Redskins on Monday Night Football. Did you watch the game? I did. I watched a lot of it, and one of my biggest things that I wanted to watch was the performance of former Viking Case Keenum in that game. Mm -hmm. Um, He had started off with a great start to the season. The team's 0-2, but he had like six touchdowns and over like 600 yards, Um, so he was certainly um, a big part of the offense. He wasn't in this game. No. no, (laughs) I can't uh, say anything positive about the way he played. I didn't get to watch all of the game. I spoke at uh, a Vikings women's event on Monday night, so I missed some of it. But I watched a lot of the game back uh, for preparation for Pete Bursich's uh, film segment on Vikings game plan. And I noticed that there were back-to-back plays for the Redskins offense and the Bears defense with turnovers. A forced fumble on Keenum. Bears took that back. Um or, or took the next possession for a touchdown, went up 21-0, and then the next passing play for Keenum, interception. Yeah, and I the mean, Bears turned that interception into a touchdown. It was 28-0. It was a, one of the most amazing plays in that game was Case Keenum tried to jump over the line on like a third and one or a fourth and one, <laughs> yeah. and they just ripped the ball out of his hand. I was uh, like, these guys know how to create turnovers. I think it was just a jump over, and somehow one of the defensive backs pulled the ball out, and it's a fumble. And the Bears got the ball again. Yeah, they, they know how to turn the ball over. So their head coach is Matt Nagy, who's an offensive-minded guy, and they have Mitchell Trubisky, who was a high, I think, the second overall pick in the draft a few years ago, and um, they got a lot of weapons on offense. But this this team is defined by its defense. That's the backbone of the of the roster. Uh, you look at their front seven: Akeem Hicks in the middle, Eddie Goldman in the middle. Those two guys are big and stout. They have edge rushers: Leonard Floyd and Khalil Mack, who are unbelievable, especially Khalil Mack who's you know a candidate for Defensive Player of the Year every year. They're inside linebackers. Roquan uh, Smith. Yeah, Roquan Smith's really good. Danny Trevathan is really good. And I love one of their safeties, Eddie Jackson. And then their other safety is a free agent signing from um, originally drafted by the Packers, went to the Redskins, now signed to the Bears as a free agent. Ha-ha, Clinton Dix. He had a pick six on Monday night, right? Yeah. So, I mean, this defense is really good, and uh, it's a big challenge to play them, especially when you're playing them at Soldier Field offense. Um, of course, the trigger man is Mitchell Trubisky. Now, um, Mitch is is a legitimate dual threat quarterback. He can run. Um, he can extend plays by scrambling away from pressure. Does not have a great track record in terms of throwing the ball against Mike Zimmer and the Vikings. His passing yardage in four games against Mike Zimmer is broken down game by game like this: one twenty-eight, one seventy-eight, one sixty-five, one sixty-three. 
common denominator, all of those totals start with one. He's never topped 178 passing yards against a Mike Zimmer defense. And outside of one game when he had 10 carries for 43 yards, Zim and the boys have done a pretty good job of keeping him from being a factor running the ball. Where he's been a thorn in the Viking side is scrambling away from pressure and extending plays and then throwing on the run. That's one thing the Vikings are going to have to be careful of. Yeah, and just building on that, this season, um, passing yards, 29th, the Chicago Bears, 178.7 passing yards per game, 29th in the league. Total yards, 275, that is also 29th in the league. Rushing yards, they're really not crushing it right now either, 96.3, which is 21st in the league. So this offense is off to a slow start. Yeah. I know the defense is playing really well. Um, obviously, they put the offense played a little bit better in this uh, game against the Redskins, but if you look at some of these numbers, they're in the bottom 10 of the league on just about everything, including third down percentage, points per game, um, total yards. I mean, they're, they're not clicking right now, and oh, Matt, Matt Nagy is the offensive guru. So. Yeah. Um, hopefully it doesn't click for him against the Vikings defense. Yeah, uh, and it's it's going to be interesting to watch um, how they do against the Vikings defense. Now the Vikings defense does not have the advantage of being at U.S. Bank Stadium in this game, which they did last week against the Oakland Raiders. But um, when these two fronts line up against one another, you know it's interesting. I don't mind the Bears' offensive line. I'm not um, I'm not in love with their tackles. Although Bobby Massey did not play last week, so his status bears monitoring this week. Uh, but they have Cody Whitehair, they have James Daniels, and they have Kyle Long on the interior. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, a lot of young guys who they've really, um, really taken hold of in early rounds in the draft. James Daniels was a guy out of Iowa who yeah. I know he was a guy that could have helped us out at center and guard. Cody Whitehair, another guy who Kansas State. Kansas State. So um, they have some interior guys who yeah. know how to protect the quarterback. Yeah, and Kyle Long is good. Uh, changes to the roster from last year. Uh, we already mentioned haha Clinton Dix, but they've added Cordero Patterson. They drafted a running back, David Montgomery, and um, they have Chuck Pagano now as their defensive coordinator because their defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio, is now the head coach of the Denver Broncos. The Vikings will play the Broncos later in the season. Pagano, though, seems to have picked up right where that defense left off. Um, keys to watch in this week for the game. I'll, I'll start with injuries. We want to see if Akeem Hicks plays because I understand he was injured in that game against the Redskins. Yep. His exclusion would be a big deal. His inclusion, even if he's banged up, uh, would um, is obviously an important factor for the Bears. Other than that, what's one thing you'll be watching for this week in this matchup? I want to see zero turnovers from the Minnesota Vikings offense. That is exactly what Coach Zimmer wants to see. I think that will be the biggest thing for the for the Minnesota Vikings team as a whole heading into Soldier Field. Last year, Kirk Cousins had a pick six. I think it was Eddie Jackson who took it to the house on Monday Night Football. Um, we need to protect the football, especially in the passing game. Dalvin Cook, let's pound the rock. I want to see. I want to see us go at them. I want to see us try to do what we've been doing best, running the ball. Don't be afraid of these big guys in the middle. Um, obviously, the outside linebackers are unbelievable. A guy who really um, stands out to me as an X factor, Leonard Floyd. Yeah. Because everyone knows about Khalil Mack. The other outside pass rusher is Leonard Floyd out of Georgia. He can make big plays as well. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see how we combat him when we're trying to handle Khalil Mack on the other side. And that is the key to the game for me is how the Bears are going to try to defend the Vikings rushing attack, specifically the outside zone plays where the uh, backside, weak side edge rusher is left unblocked. And What that, a nice tie-in, though. That, that was yeah, straight, that yeah. was pretty good. That, that uh, unblocked edge rusher has the choice to crash on the run 
or to stay home and be disciplined against the bootleg. Green Bay decided to stay disciplined against bootlegs, and that took that away from us, and I think we struggled because of it. Now, we were able to run the ball, but we weren't able to get the ball downfield as often as we would like because we weren't able to bootleg and roll out away from pressure um, and away from the play. The Raiders were the opposite. The Raiders definitely were uh, crashing on Dalvin Cook, and that allowed Kirk Cousins' opportunities to bootleg and get outside the pocket. And in fact, that's how he struck Adam Thielen for the first uh, first touchdown of the game. He got outside the pocket uh, using the bootleg uh, because the backside edge rusher was collapsing on the run. So I'm very curious to see how the Bears handle the outside zone runs. Against the Green Bay Packers, Khalil Mack did a very good job of being disciplined and did not let Rodgers get outside of the pocket very much. And the Packers did not have much for explosive gains in the passing game. Um, they had a couple, one to Valdez Scantling down the middle of the field that led to a touchdown, and then Rodgers threw one up to Jimmy Graham in the end zone for a lucky touchdown. But other than that, the Bears did a good job against the Packers passing game, and that's how I think they're going to play us on Sunday. So we'll see if uh, the Vikings can take advantage by getting Dalvin Cook to slip out on some of those um, on some of those outside zone reads with nice cutbacks. That'll be the key to the game for me. How about an early start? Let's just well, start nice. early on the road. Let's just do that. In uh, X's and O's with head coach Mike Zimmer this week, hosted by Voice of the Vikings' Paul Allen, Zim told a story that he got a, a call from Bill Parcells after the Raiders game, and he said, you know, Zim, your, team's, um, your team right now is playing like some of my teams used to play, where they're really good at defense and they're really good at running the ball, which means if you get out to a lead, it's hard to get the ball back and the lead back from you because you are milking the clock with the running game and you have a good defense, so it's hard to score on you. Seems like an oversimplified formula, but not every team plays it that way. It's a passing league. Teams aren't running it 38 times. Teams aren't going 20 quarters and uh, forcing 12 punts and five takeaways like the Vikings are anymore. So it's a unique formula now uh, that the Vikings have, but it's one that Bill Parcells said he would employ with his teams back in the day. Well, it's funny because Garrett Bradbury said this week, he said, you know, Dalvin tells us before the game that he could score on literally the first play of the game. Mm-hmm. He can score on any play. It doesn't matter where they are on the field. He can do that. Obviously, we've seen him do that. Yeah. We've seen him create big plays. But when the running back is exuding that kind of confidence to the offensive line and then giving them the ball to literally spike it as hard as they can, mm-hmm. I mean, that gets you pretty excited to go block for that yeah, guy. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. He's definitely a home run hitter. Awesome to have a healthy, fully functioning Dalvin Cook in the lineup. It's made a big difference for the Vikings early this season. Okay, time for the top five. The topic for this week's top five is surprise, boom, or bust seasons. So taking a look at each division and the standings, there are five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen teams that are winless or lossless in the NFL right now. So we're going to list our top five that are a surprise team to be winless or lossless. Okay, number five for me is the Denver Broncos. Wow. Who are winless. Yeah. They're 0-3 so far. The Broncos played at Oakland, they hosted Chicago, and they were at Green Bay. Maybe it's because the Vikings took all their coaches. Could be. (laughs) Could be. Um, I thought Denver would look a little better. I thought their defense would, um, you know, would probably get them a win or maybe two wins in the first month of the season, but that has not happened. They are 0-3. They play in not the easiest division in the world with the Chiefs and the Chargers 
and the Raiders, and they're off to uh, to a pretty slow start, which surprises me for the Vic Fangio-led Denver Broncos. They are 0-3 through the first three games. The Vikings have the Broncos later in the season, but that is number five on my list of surprise boomer bust teams. Number four on the list is a team that's undefeated, the 3-0 and Buffalo Bills. Wow, I have them. I have them way up on my list. Okay, the <laughs> Buffalo Bills are three and zero. Now they they've played, and the reason it's a surprise to me is no disrespect to the Bills. I think they have good players. I'm very surprised. But they they had they began the season with two straight road games. So that that's a tough way to begin. They it's won impressive. them both at New York Jets, at New York Giants, both wins, and then they took care of the Bengals at home. Although the Bengals made a game of it late, but the Bills held on, and they are three and zero. If you uh, had some friends in New York, you'd realize why the Bills were 2-0 after the first two games yeah, of the because, season. Yeah, because they're all hating on the Jets and Giants. <laughs> yes. so, yeah, they're playing no one. Yeah. But, but go ahead. They're, they're 3-0. <laughs> uh, number three, the Detroit Lions, who are not 3-0, but they're also lossless because they had a tie with the Arizona Cardinals. They are 2-0-1. And, and um, again, no disrespect to the Detroit Lions, but beginning the season on the road at Arizona, then hosting the Chargers, and then being at Philadelphia. Did you see 3-0 and coming for the Lions? I did not. They I, Well, they're 2-0 and, and 1 because they have the one tie, but I did not. The way they beat Philadelphia, not that I would ever root for the Philadelphia Eagles, but the fact that they beat the Eagles. I was rooting for the Eagles on this one just yeah. because our division, we want right. to freaking win the division. Um Man, for them to go and beat the Eagles like that, I was like, Matt Patricia, I, mean, I, I yeah. mean, I couldn't believe it. But but this is the thing. I could see you would say they're not going to lose at Arizona, but they didn't win there. They didn't win they there. Tied they tied there. Yeah. And then I'd be like, yeah, hosting the Chargers is tough. And then, um, you know, being at Philadelphia, good luck to you. Well, they won both those games. So the Detroit Lions come in at number three on my surprise list. Number two, also a 3-0 and team. The San Francisco 49ers, they're 3-0, and man. It's crazy. When your quarterback's healthy, a lot I of guess, things change. Yeah, I guess it makes a big difference. Now, the Niners, an, another reason why I'm surprised that they're 3-0, the same as the Bills. The Niners went cross-country to Tampa Bay in week one and played at noon, I believe, or you know, noon central, one eastern. Then they went back across the country in week two and were at Cincinnati, and yeah. they won that game. And then they hosted the Pittsburgh Steelers, who I thought would be good. Game-winning drive. And they won that game. So they're 3-0. and And that's a tough schedule, I think, to start at Tampa, at Cincy. I know those two aren't great teams, but it's two road games, and it's all the way across the country. And then they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're 3-0. and Who's your number one? The Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow. At 0-3. Yeah. Did not see that coming. Pittsburgh Steelers, I could see a loss at New England to open the season, but then hosting Seattle and going to San Francisco, I thought that's probably two wins, maybe one. They didn't win any of them. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 0-3. They play on Monday Night Football this week against the Cincinnati Bengals looking to get off the schneid. So that's my top five of uh, surprise boomer bust seasons. The Broncos, winless, number five. Number four, the Bills, undefeated. Number three, the Lions, haven't lost yet. Number two, the Niners, undefeated. Number one, the Steelers, winless. That's my number one surprise. What's your top five? I'm going to start with number one, and it's a team you didn't even name. Uh, Hold on, let me guess. Patriots, Chiefs, and Rams, you're not surprised they're 3-0. The Dolphins are 0-3. The Jets are 0-3. You're not surprised there. The Bengals are 0-3. Does that surprise you? Come to our division. <laughs> the, the Packers, Packers are 3-0. They're 3-0. They beat the Bears yeah. and they beat us. I was like, that's my number one. Yeah. I did not think. I thought they would be like 1-2, one, one I yeah. would say, in their first three. So I have the Packers at number one. I have the Bills at number two. I don't care who they're playing. The fact that they're 3-0 and being on the road. 
like you said, you already said it, uh, yeah. them at number two for sure. My number three is the San Francisco 49ers. I did not see them coming out of the gate 3-0 and like this just because um, obviously they missed Garoppolo all year with the torn ACL last year, so they, they, did not, they were not a successful team. Mm-hmm. Um, but for them to come out 3-0 and is just pretty amazing. Number four, I have the Detroit Lions being 2-0-1. Like we already said before, the way they've been playing and yeah. beating Philly, that was, that was crazy. And my last one is the Arizona Cardinals being 0-2-1. I thought Kyler would come out a little hot. Okay, so they're, they're surprising you without having to win, huh? The number one overall, uh, overall pick in the NFL draft, um, I thought maybe Kyler could have pulled out one starting out here. That's that's my fifth team on the list. So. All righty. We're, our we're t- pretty close. Yeah, that's our top five. Uh, the topic this week, boomer bust record surprises. All right, another weekly feature on the Minnesota Vikings podcast, the fan voicemails. We got any good ones? We do. All right, the topic last week was... Uh, which coach or player are you looking forward to watching the Vikings play against? I went, uh, I went off for a couple of minutes on my love for John Gruden last week, saying I was very much looking forward to playing against John Gruden's team because I like John Gruden, and so that sort of inspired the question of who are you looking forward to watching the Vikings play against? So let's listen to some of your opinions. Here are the fan voicemails. Hey, Wobby and Chris. It's Mitch Collin from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Last week, you asked what matchup or personality we're looking forward to most this upcoming season. Uh, From my perspective, I'm all about the revenge games. For example, Chris mentioned this last week that the Green Bay game in Week 2 felt like a game we should have won. So that doesn't sit well with me. I'm looking forward to playing them at home in U.S. Bank Stadium later in the season. But really, any factor rivalry game is highly anticipated. Another example, I'm looking forward to going against the Bears. Um... Having last season decided the way it was, was was tough. I'm looking forward to our rebuild offense, keeping Khalil Mack in check, and our defense shutting down the young quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky. Mitch, please. Uh, lastly, and uh, this is a selfish one, will be our matchup against the Eagles in a few weeks. That 2018 NFC Championship game still gets my blood boiling, so I hope we can redeem ourselves against Wentz and the Eagles. I'll be attending that game, and it'll be my first ever Vikings home game. Like Bart Scott would say, can't wait. All right, boys, that's all for today. We'll see you in a few weeks. Skull Vikes. So Mitch agreed with me. What? At the beginning. God, you love when people agree with you. He agreed with me. He brought up a childhood memory of Can't Wait, Bart Scott. Scott, And he showed a lot of just intelligence overall as a fan. And he he was pretty pissed off about the Philadelphia NFC Championship game, which I can't drop. You you just made me feel old, though. (laughs) Do you know how? Because I said childhood memory, Bart. Bart. I mean, I you, wasn't that young. You were a kid when Bart Scott. I wasn't did that, that young. I was like, I was like in uh, high school, maybe. Okay. Well, still, <laughs> I was like, I was here. I was like, I was working then. Jeez. God. Was I'm I old. in high school? Maybe college. That sucks, <laughs> man. I hate how old I am. Sometimes. I was probably like an intern or something. childhood memory. My God. <laughs> Let's get to the next voicemail. Howdy, Vikings Nation. It's Van from Fort Worth, Texas. I'm the mouth of the South, the Minnesota Vikings <laughs> capital of the South, of course. Now, enough out of me. So now just kick off your authentic Moeldy Moore Vikings bunny slippers and listen to the sound of the round mound of rebound. Fuck you, man. I forgive you already for saying that the Atlanta Falcons looked as bad as my golf swing in that first game. Almost as bad as when Chucky got no so lucky this week. And his Raiders got hard knocked by 20 points by the mighty Vikings. 
That was terrible, terrible, terrible. Now, Wabi and Chris, the game I'm the most fired up for because of a particular opposing player or coach is the New York Giants game because of Eli Manning 2.0, a.k.a. Daniel Jones. Jones always looked like he just swallowed a bug, but I want to see the look on his face when he sees Daniel Hunter, Everson Griffin, and the rest of the Zim Reapers coming for him. He'll look as shocked as a Packer fan trying to do third grade math. That day, the bugs will be wearing purple, and they'll be swallowing him. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Skull Vikings. <laughs> Chuck Barkley. Oh, my man. Oh, my man, God. Charles Barkley, called in. Oh, I can't handle Van anymore. I know. I can't wait to see what he's got. Now, now, now Van, I know you're listening. <laughs> this week, this week is big time for you because <laughs> when you call to leave a voicemail, it's in advance of our game against the New York Giants. So if you're going to go with a New York accent, you have Chris Corso here. <laughs> Who is from New York. So you better polish it up and be good, Van, if you're coming at us with, you know, Rudy Giuliani or... I'm in for, uh, I'm in for Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. Or a Goodfellas accent. Yeah, I mean, you got to bring it, Van, all right? I want a New York accent out of you. Get creative. Okay, next one. Hey, Lobby and Chris. Viking fan Aaron from Green Bay. The game I'm looking forward to this season is the Philly game. And the reason is because... Ever since the flop in Philly, when uh, I watched my Vikings kind of get dismantled, and uh, then they go on and get paid at U.S. Bank Stadium, and afterwards all the, the hoopla and the rah-rah. And, and Doug Peterson, I'm sure, is a great guy personally, but this kind of smug confidence that he seems to have in the media and uh, the fact that he got it so early and, you know, we're rooting for a guy like Zim who's been doing it the right way for so long. So when it came around last year to going out to Philly, the Vikings kind of had the season on the ropes and they're trying to, to get back to being the Vikings. And they just kind of smash Philly from a defensive perspective. I mean, the weather they play when Lindvall picks that ball out of the air and rumbles down to the end zone, all that stuff was just amazing. And I really want to second helping of it. I just... Uh, there's something about the Eagles that I'm, I've never been too partial to, and so let's go get the Eagles at our place this time and uh, school likes. All right, I like it. Aaron knows what he's talking about. Yeah, Aaron in Green Bay. It's not Aaron Rodgers, although he kind of sounds like Aaron Rodgers sometimes. Uh, and, I mean, that's a compliment. I mean, I, f- I feel like maybe it is Aaron Rodgers. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is a closet Vikings fan, and he's calling the Minnesota Vikings podcast. That would be great. Yeah, good. Okay, next one. Hey, fellas. Chris from Denton, Texas, calling. The personality that I most look forward to seeing this season when we have Super Bowl against the New England Patriots, it's not going to be Tom Brady. It's not going to be Gronk when he comes out of retirement. But it's going to be Bemidji State University's Gunnar Osheski. He was an undrafted free agent, played defensive back for Bemidji State. The Patriots have turned him into a wide receiver. So I look forward to uh, seeing this young man in the Super Bowl when the Vikings are victorious against the New England Patriots. Skull. Love that. I was about to say, we don't play the Patriots this year, but yeah, I guess we, we do. do. I guess we, we do, do in the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, and See what you did there, si- Chris. Side note, if, if, like, if you said to me the Vikings are in the Super Bowl, 
and you, they can play anyone, I would pick the Patriots. Yeah, because you want to beat them. Well, yeah, and I just love them. I like when they're in the Super Bowl. I think it's yeah. good for the Super Bowl. And it would be great to go up against the dynasty. I would love that. It would be awesome to play Belichick. and I mean, the big game feel of the Super Bowl just by itself, just no matter who's in it, is awesome. But playing the, the Patriots in the Super Bowl would be awesome. I think we could beat them. I think we can beat anybody. Yeah. Is that all the voicemails? That's all. All right. Good stuff as always. Um, We want you to call and leave us a voicemail uh, for next week's show. The topic for next week's voicemail segment is, I want you to watch the Vikings and Bears game, and you will have seen the Vikings play the Packers and the Bears. You will have seen the Packers play the Bears. I want you to let us know how you think the NFC North is going to shake out at the end of the season. Rank the teams, one through four, Who win, what are the records, who wins the division, and do any of the non-division winning teams in the NFC North make the playoffs? If so, which teams? All right, that's the topic for next week's voicemail. The number is 952-918-8438. 952-918-8438. How will the NFC North shake out? Watch the Vikings and Bears on Sunday, and then give us a call and leave us your thoughts. All right, let's wrap up the show. You got anything? I think that's it. I'm excited for a big game. Kirk is going to show the fans that he can win a big game on the road, and I'm excited for that to happen. Um, I also think we're going to establish the run early, like I said before. Awesome. Let's do it. I'm excited for it. I love going to Soldier Field, trying to beat these Bears. We stay at a great hotel right in downtown, and uh, the game's at 325, which means I don't have to get up at 6 o'clock. I can get up at, like, Eight o'clock. You can see the sights and sounds of Chicago. I'll probably be up earlier than that anyway because yeah. I get I get anxious on game days and go get coffee somewhere. But it's it's uh, I like the three twenty five game. We'll watch those twelve o'clock games. We still have a short flight, so we're going to get back at a decent hour anyway. I'm looking forward to it. Now uh, for the rest of the week, make sure you check out Under Center with Kirk Cousins. That has been recorded and probably it's already dropped by the time you're listening to the Minnesota Vikings podcast every Tuesday night on KFAN from 6 to 7 p.m. And, of course, it's available in on-demand format and on the Vikings channel on YouTube. The Minnesota Vikings podcast drops every Wednesday. You're listening to that right now. Skull Stories is Thursday evenings, 6.30 to 7 p.m. And you can catch that in on-demand format. And then... Vikings Final Prep every Friday evening, 6.30 to 7 o'clock on KFAN and, of course, on Vikings.com, the Vikings app, and available wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for this episode of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. The Vikings play on Sunday, kickoff 3.25 p.m. Central Time from Soldier Field. You can catch the game on the Vikings radio network. Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen and Pete Bursich will be in the booth. Greg Coleman and Ben Lieber will be on the sideline. The game is on CBS this week, not Fox, in a cross-flex situation. And we got the number one crew for CBS this week, Jim Nance and Tony Romo and Tracy Wolfson. Tony Romo, a little TBD because I think he's playing in a golf tournament. So if he makes the cut, I don't I don't know if he'll – I don't know how that's going to work out. But that's your guy. It is my guy. And uh, <laughs> we got the number one crew for CBS for this game, 325 kickoff on CBS, but we think you should listen to the game on the radio network. All right, that's going to do it. On behalf of uh, Chris Corso, I'm Wabi signing off for now. Our thanks to Jay Nelson for producing and to Eric Kendricks for joining us, and our thanks also to you for listening to this entire podcast. Congratulations on getting all the way to the end. Hope you have a good rest of the week. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Skull Vikings.